Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so I've been starting with a motivational quote, and I kind of like doing that. That's how I start my classes. So today's quote that's relevant to our conversation um, and, of course, to the title of the show, Architect of Change, is, if you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. And that's by Jin Rohn. Okay? So today's topic speaks to this quote as we all need to design our own life's plan. And if we're lucky enough to have a coach to help us with that plan, even better. And today my guest and I will discuss a plan where, here's my little um, calculation, sales skills plus coaching equals personal and team success. So um, as I usually do, I just want to tell you what the show is about, and then I'll introduce my guest, Bernadette Mako. So today I want to go a review with uh, Bernadette how to incorporate training, including communication, presentation skills, questioning skills, all that kind of stuff, to build skill and raise expectations, um, both corporate, corporate, corporate expectations as well as the manager's expectations. How to hold our people accountable. Again, we're going to talk about that coaching component. You know I can't divert too far from that, one of my favorite topics. And getting your team to buy into the concept of exceeding expectation, both from the customer standpoint as well as uh, the corporate standpoint, plus how to leverage the LinkedIn platform to become experts in your field. We really do have to utilize all the digital stuff that's out there, again, to help us share and, and spread the word about what we're trying to do, no matter what your job or exposure or client connections are. So today my guest is Bernadette Mako. She's first vice president of cash management and department sales manager at um, Provident Bank. Bernadette comes to the table with over 30 years experience. Yes, folks, she's similar to my age, So, and we, of course, look amazing. Uh, her sales management experience includes merchant and cash management sales staff since 1995. And not only does she coach, but she is a player um, who's also responsible responsible for her own personal uh, growth as well as her staff's growth and performance. Uh, she's experienced in managing teams geographically dispersed and active in developing new opportunities, again, through that LinkedIn forum for both cash management and another uh, forum at Provident called Provident for Women. Bernadette and I have worked together growing her team skills uh, I guess for about seven years, maybe even a little bit longer. The quote I started with speaks to this exact topic of developing a plan, seeking resources if needed, as Byrne did with me, executing that plan, and of course, being flexible while committing to it. Okay? Um, just because you write it down, you have an idea, doesn't mean that you don't vary from that. I am very excited to have Bern Bernadette share her insight as a manager who gets her people excited about their job and working as a cohesive team. Um, with that, please help me welcome Bernadette. Hey, Bern. Hey, Connie. Thank you so much. I'm humbled by the experience of being invited to speak with you on Architect of Change. And thanks so much for that shout-out about looking amazing, because we do look amazing. We do, girlfriend. Let me just tell you, the 50 things, uh, I, I always tell people that I'm running out, running, um, outrunning the whole aging process, and I think you're doing the same. Our kids might not agree, but... <laughs> I sure hope so. I sure hope so. But again, yeah. can't tell you how excited I am to, uh, to, to join you today. You know, I have to just share with everybody, you have been one of my biggest supporters, both from the business standpoint as well as the whole Architect of Change radio show. I know you listen in regularly. Um, and just your, your feedback is always insightful and helpful, and I, do, I really do appreciate that. So thank you always for, you're my little cheerleader. I love it. I'll tell you, Architect of Change is, is such a great resource for others looking for motivation, Connie. You know, you're always so positive and motivating. And I tell anybody who hasn't ever met Connie Whitman that in order to meet Connie Whitman, you just feel better. You know, you just feel better when you listen to Connie, when you listen to you speak, and, and your passion for this subject and this material 
and just the work that you've done with me over the years, Connie, to really bring my team to to a high performing level. I, I can't tell you how how valuable that's been throughout my career. You know, I I really do appreciate that, and and I think you know that I I am passionate. Clearly, I mean, my energy level, I'm sure, comes through on the radio as well. Your folks, though, embrace everything that I teach in the class or any coaching we've done that we've worked with them, they truly want to do a good job, not only for you, for the bank, but for themselves. That self-development they seek, I think, is awesome. And it just makes, and you, you could, we'll talk about this too, because I think it makes your job easier. But in the classroom, it certainly makes my job easier. They're just always so much fun um, to be around. And, and I know we have, we have more laughs than probably we should. Um, but it's fun to learn. It's fun to be together. And your team really is just, just awesome. Um, I, I was laughing when you were saying that you, you have to feel me. And it was funny, Bern, I'll share the story. When you're, you're, you guys approached me, your marketing department approached me to do the video, and do you remember we were on the conference call, and Christine and Taylor, who were kind of spearheading the whole thing and were going to organize it, say, well, we could do, um, we could do, we could teach something, audio, we could do video, and everybody, Byrne jumps in and says, uh, we're on a conference call, she goes, uh, you really need to videotape her to experience Connie's full effect, you need to see her in action, right, Byrne, you said that. You know, Connie, that, that's one of the communication tools that you're always looking for. You know, I mean, you have your verbal communication, but the tone and the body language and just the atmosphere that you set for learning it is different than most of the training classes that I've been exposed to over the years. And that's why I was able to really use the program that you helped me create to, to really, or I helped you create for my team specifically. Um, you know, I, I consider myself a lifelong learner, so I have a passion for learning more and more. But that doesn't always mean that the training sessions that we're exposed to are the right training sessions. Absolutely. And I was, you know, I was very fortunate here in the organization that, you know, given the very unique skill sets of my team, somewhat technical on the cor- corporate cash management side, but also consulted sales officers. So I was, you know, given an opportunity to work with you to create something very unique for my team that we were even able to use to branch out to some of the other calling officers here in the bank. Yeah, yeah, and we uh, yeah, and let's let's share with everybody. Not only did we do the cash management group, Burn is very very generous and is always looking to help develop other folks within the organization who are kind of starting their whole career path. And we did invite some of the lenders, the young lenders, to come in. And they were, you know, your folks are all women, and they were two gentlemen. Um, I thought they fit in great, didn't they? You know, it was amazing how you don't know what you don't know until you Mm. go through training like that. You know, initially I had offered it out to some other folks here in the organization. These two gentlemen stepped up and said, I think I'd like to give it a try. And I'll tell you, Connie, on the other side, both of them came separately just to thank me for the opportunity because, you know, from from their own perspective, they just didn't realize what encompassed the whole presentation. You know, while we all think we're great listeners, are we really hearing what people are saying? You know, while we think we're great presenters... Are we always saying it in a style or in a fashion that makes sense to the recipient? So I think that besides my team gaining so much from it, when I saw that other members of the organization were gaining something from it, I realized that this was just this was a this was a benefit to the corporation, not just my group. You know, this was this had corporate benefit. This had legs around the organization. You know, it's it's funny because I originally started with your your company working truly just with the retail, and then little by little, like the word got out. <laughs> All of a sudden, everybody was going to training. You being one of them to say, "Hey, can Connie work with us as well?" And that, to me, is the best compliment that I could ever get. By by retail or training, the training department, Elaine specifically, you know, sharing me with the other division. So that makes me feel really good that there's a value added every time I come to any organization, that there's depth and that folks are getting something out of it beyond just, you know, one division or whatever. So, yeah, and and you – 
you really are a lifelong learner. I love that you said that on the onset because anybody that knows you know that's really true and that you constantly, constantly seek new growth, new challenges, and to learn. And, and I, I think life is always about learning, right? It, it, you never end. It, it, it should be, Connie. And, you know, from, from a sales perspective, I wanted to mention this to you today because this has really been a, a core component for me over the years. But early on in my career, I, I was in the merchant service business, and I worked at a um, company that was a, a sales-based company. We were, we were all driven off sales. And every year we would come in, Connie, and we would do a, um, you know, a week where we would do new product training, we'd do sales training, and for the most part, I would see that my colleagues were bored by the experience, unhappy that they were being held captive in a hotel for a week going through this process. Yet there was one star performer, his name was Phil, and he and I were friendly, and, you know, as a star performer, I often thought to myself, you know, I never hear Phil complain that we have to be here. I never hear Phil complain about the training modules that we go through or the experience. So I pulled him over to the side one day, and I said, Phil, you're the top performer here. You, you're number one every quarter in sales. Why are you so engaged? And what he said to me, Connie, has stayed with me for, for the remainder of my career, is that a good salesperson realizes that over time you get away from those best practices that you know, from those communication skills that you know best, from those time management skills. And coming in and going through a process where you reevaluate what you're doing, reevaluate how you're doing it, and kind of refocus your energies or, or kind of harness in the circle to bring it closer to what you need to do is something he looked forward to and felt that he would be re-energized after that process. It's not that salespeople don't know what to do. Sure. It's that most salespeople lose touch, Connie, with the basics. It's really yeah. getting back to the basics. And, and he used to call it bringing it back to his core, just being back to the core basics of what I need to do to be the top salesperson in this organization. So that's something that I've, I've always worked off that mantra. And it's so funny. It, it almost... It, it, I think what he was trying to say, again, I, I don't know this man, but what a great story, is that by being in these training sessions, some things I always say, they get filed kind of in the back of our head, and we knew it, we used it, we forgot, right? So it's that time to self-assess and go back to basics. I mean, look at the baseball players, right? Every year they go through basic training. You know, when Jeter gets out there, and I use this example in training, the coach doesn't say, dude, you rock, go sit down and have a Mai Tai. He says, get out there, you know, hit the balls, ground the balls, do what you're supposed to do. It's all about that basic training, muscle memory almost, right, for athletes. It's muscle memory for us too. So that time for self-assessing I think is beyond valuable because during the course of our normal business, normal day, we don't always have time to self-assess because we're running, running, running. And, and he, Phil was exactly right by, by saying it was an opportunity for him to kind of reground, regroup, and go back to basics. What a great story. And, you know, what a great mantra to live by. You always find something of value when you're in learning mode, you know? And you know what, Connie? You only get out of it what you're willing to put into it. Isn't that the so truth? If you come with a positive attitude and you have an expectation for yourself that you're going to take something away from this experience, that it's time well spent, then you ultimately will. If the mindset going in is, I, w I don't want to be here, I don't need to do this, then you know, you're starting out in a negative perspective without an open mind to bring something away. It's true. It's so funny. Uh, people say to me, sometimes you get the, I call them the Weisenheimers in the class, right? They just know it all. They can do my job. Okay, so come do my job. I'm, I'm not threatened by that. But what I'll often do when we, you know, we always, you know, I always go around the room, what do you want to get from today? Be selfish, right? All of that. And when they say, oh, you know, I've been through so much sales training in my whole career, you know, I mean, I could teach this class or, you know, I don't know what you could possibly teach me. So I'll, I'll listen, you know, that very um, aloof and condescending in how they present it. And so what I always say is, awesome, you bring so much experience to the table. I'll tell you what, there's going to be times throughout the day where I turn to you and say, hey, this would be a great opportunity for you to share some of your personal insight. 
and they go, oh, well, well, and then all of a sudden you see them back down because what if you put them on the spot and they don't know how to answer? They don't know as much as they think they know. And usually then they become very much on board during the class because I'm willing to include them in the class, and yet they retract because of fear that they might not. So when I get people like that, I feel like, it's almost overcompensating for possibly insecurities they have. That's usually how I approach them and, you know, really try to include them in the class so that it, it and, and again, not to put them down in reverse to build their confidence. So you're, you're right. It's how you come to the table and what your perspective is coming in. And if you come in that you can't learn anything, then guess what? You're not going to learn anything. So it, it's sad because when companies allow folks to be pulled out for training and they spend money and it's time that you're out of your production, you know, especially in sales and you don't come in trying to walk out better than when you walked into the classroom. It's, it's crazy. It, it, to me, that's just insanity, you know. Let's, you know, Burn. let's take a, a quick break and then when we come back, I, I want you to share how you've used all of this training, again, to build skill, but also to raise that expectation with your folks for themselves, to raise their own expectations, but also to meet the expectations of you and, and of course, the corporate, uh, you know, strategic plan. So let's just take a quick break, and then we'll come back and discuss that. Okay. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back. We're back with Bernadette Mako. Uh, She's the manager, sales manager for corporate cash management. And we are talking about that whole sales plus coaching, and that's where we get that personal success. So, Bern, just share that all – we kind of talked about the training and coming in with an open mind, which I feel like your folks always do. How have you incorporated – because after training, yeah, great, they have a half day with me, they're excited, pumped up, yada, yada, and then they go back to the field. How do you keep them excited and moving towards what that expectation is and that growth? So, you know, for me, Connie, I'm in a very unique situation as a coach because I'm actually a member of the team also with the same expectations that my team members have. And I think right out of the gate, that gives me a much better perspective for the obstacles that they face. Having also gone through the training with my staff gives me the same perspective of when we met obstacles, what were what were some of the things that Connie had given us to you know come around the, come around the door? You've got an obstacle. How how are you going to surpass this obstacle? How are you going to move forward from this obstacle? So you know I would say that that had a lot that had played very very strong in the relationships that I've been able to develop with my team. You know I'm not a manager who believes that I know it all. I'm a manager who asks for feedback. I look for their feedback. You know, I try to coach to everyone's strengths. Early on in, in our training, you had had every member of my staff go through the disc. And, of course, over the seven years that we've known one another, my staff has changed over time. But the one consistent thing that I've always asked my staff to do is go through the disc. Mm-hmm. I know what my styles are, but it's so important that I know what their styles are so I can really modify my behavior to coach them to their strengths. You know, um, some some of the motivation within my team is numbers driven motivation. And you know, that's very cut and dry. You're either making your numbers, you're not making numbers. You can sometimes sit with your sit and coach, you kind of reevaluate the performance, talk about strengths, 
talk about doing more of what's working and maybe modifying what's not working. So those are some of the things that I do. You know, I have an open door policy with my staff. I come in early every day. I want you to come in and talk about, you know, whatever's on your mind. Is it getting to your goal? Is it a specific situation? Um, you know, I, I try to use best judgment for performance expectations. But, you know, at, at a certain point, you do have to deal with low performers and poor performers, and you have to make that individual accountable for that. But at the same time, I think what I've really been able to do is give each person the opportunity to talk about the challenges. You know, I, um, I do what I call a, a quarterly review, and I'm religious about it too, Connie. I, I don't let any of the other time-stealing activities that we have at the organization keep me from doing a quarterly review with my staff. And I sit down and ask them some very basic questions. What are your obstacles? You know, what's, do, what's going well? What can I help you with? What can the organization help you with? And I think one of the other things that, you know, you, you've got to develop trust with your staff. And recently I, I've engaged, I, I, my staff has grown. We've, uh, we've grown by 50%. We went from four to six. And I think one of the, you know, one of the most difficult things that a manager or coach like myself has in the first few months is just trying to build a trust with people. Well, people have to trust you before they're going to be willing to, to, to fully engage with you. They have to trust you before they're going to be willing to, to lay the cards on the table to say, you know, these are the obstacles I'm facing. These are the things that I'd like to try to do. These are some thoughts that I have. Here's where I see myself going professionally. Here are my short-term goals. Here are my long-term goals. People have to have trust with you. So, you know, that's something that for me hasn't always come as quickly for each individual. You know, my staff members that have been with me for a while, they've built that trust over time. They realize that, you know, my role as a player slash coach slash mentor for them, um, I, I really do try to balance out those balance out those expectations for myself. And I really do try to make time for the team and um you know, again, value each team member, something that I've recently been doing to really try to, to build up team trust and team strength has been when, you know, when we've got some challenges or some things that need to be addressed or some things that maybe we need to change because I'm a catalyst of change in this organization and it's not always an easy role, but I send them out to brainstorm and come back to me with their ideas before we begin to talk about it. I want them to have a voice in that process. But again, all the way down the line there, Connie, it, it's just being present for them, knowing they have to know that you have their back, that you have their best interest in mind, that you recognize their strengths, that you help them to modify whatever needs to be modified to help them attain goal. But at the end of the day, they really are accountable for themselves. Um, there's only so much as a manager that you can do and, um, you know, hopefully you can develop each person. You know, each person develops differently than the next person, Connie. That's what I find is you can't bring one process in place and expect it to work for a team of six people. Yeah, and, and you know, I just I wrote some notes because I just want to do a quick highlight of everything you said. They're basic tips, and I know that, listening skills is one of those things that you know I harp on because everybody thinks they're good listeners and excuse me and good listening is really hard work and we aren't as great as of listeners as I think we are so I do want to give um, some highlights so people can take notes and write these little tips down that I think you nailed right out of the gate you are truly a leader and a manager, you manage the process, but a leader leads their people to success. You don't micromanage. You don't do it for them. You, you, you certainly guide them and help them and build on the strength of all the things you just said, but they have to do it. You can't do it for them. Um, and the other thing that you said, and then I'm going to go through the tips for everybody kind of in a list, but get your paper and pencils out, folks. But, you know, you, you said that you believe that you're folks bring value to the table and it's funny because when I do the coaching class that's one of the things I ask I say you guys you know you think your people are valuable right and you 
you'd be surprised how many people kind of look at me and go, yeah, I guess. You guess. Then how can you coach someone if you don't think they bring value to the table? And that's where I think coaches lose that trust because they – but somebody knows when you're looking your nose down upon them, right? People know it. So if you're not seeing that value, how could your people feel valuable? So I, I just, you as a coach, you as a manager, you as a player, you as the leader, you really are the whole package. And I know I've sent this, said this to you before, and this is why I asked you to be on the show, because your your insight, your balance, your lack of that micromanaging, of managing by intimidation, um, of holding your people accountable, all throughout respects both ways. You know, these are the things that I think make for a good manager. And and just before you come, and I want to, for everybody, here are the tips. Um, Notice Bernadette said she came through the training with her people. So she knew what tools I was giving them. We were reviewing. We were role-playing. We were utilizing in the class. And then she could reinforce or burn. You reinforced once they got back to training. So many times managers say to me, oh, my people need the training, but I don't. Really? Really? You certainly do because you need to hear what's being taught so you can reinforce it once back at the, uh, in the fields because that's really when the learning begins. Build on strengths. We talk about that in coaching all the time. Everybody brings strength or value to the table. Build from there. That builds confidence, and that's what builds momentum. You have an open-door policy. You're in early. You do those quarterly reviews. You ask them for their input. You ask them for their struggles. You ask them what they think their, their strengths have been been accumulating or building over time that value added um, each each player brings to the table some kind of value that enforces that trust and then I love that you have them brainstorm when you're working on a project or task or something new um, you include them in whatever that new process looks like we need people to self-assess. We need people to brainstorm and use those skills. We need people to be part of whatever that process is, that's how you get the buy-in. You just, you do it all right, Bern. And, and that's really why I wanted you on the show because everything you've shared so far, true insight, and I really do hope people are taking notes because you, you make it sound so easy because you live and you breathe it and you believe it. And, and that's why what you're saying for me is lifting off the page and becomes reality, becomes movement, becomes change. So just, just so well said, really well said. You know, I try to follow more of an introspective leadership style. I don't even know if there's really a textbook on that. But instead of always saying, you know, this person's doing a great job or this person is, you know, less of a performer than that person. I do more of a, what, what do I need to do to help that person attain, you know, a higher level of achievement? What, what is it that I can do? And, you know, sometimes I don't have the answers, Connie, which is why it's important to engage the employee to say, what do you need? You know, or what would be a better, if, if, if you feel that, you know, I'm, I'm in a very unique position here that I also get to rec- recommend what my staff is measured on. And again, our, our measurements are all numerical, but I, I do get a say in, in how those measurements year over year play out. And I do always look to find those specific measurements that are going to motivate for the expected behavior. And, uh-huh. you know, sometimes we've put goals out there that are unachievable by even my high performers. So I have to go back to my high performers and say, if these goals weren't measurable, something that you felt that you could attain, what would be a better measurement? You know, sure. knowing that we have to measure what you do, what would be a better measurement? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking to have them involved in the plan. You know, if somebody sits down and we brainstorm around the table about things, everybody has a much better buy-in to the expectation than if I just slide the paper across the table and say, here's what's expected of you. Yeah. And you know how many managers do just that, slide the paper across? Even coaching, when they do their monthly coaching, they fill out a form and they say to the employee, here, read that. Like, I sit there sometimes and think, what? Why are you even bothering? Because 
what's written on a page and what you express live are two very different things. You know, when we write emails, um, you know, to customers or to people within the organization, I labor over that. Oh, is the tone right? Are they going to misconstrue anything? Because it's just a written word. They don't have my voice, my inflection, my tone, right? So when you write something down and you slide it across the table, what are we doing? <laughs> We're dealing with humans. Like, really? It blows my mind. But this is what happens, right? You, you've seen it. It's, you know, it, it's, it's a more interactive style of management. It still holds people accountable, Connie. It doesn't, it doesn't eliminate the accountability factor, but it still holds them accountable. And I think that, you know, everybody wants to feel that their role in the organization is very important. And when you play a role in the organization to be able to have a voice, to sure. say, this is what I think we should be doing, and at least vet it out with your manager, it just gives you a much better perspective of the organization. I mean, this, this, I happen to work at a great organization where people are permitted to have opinion, where people are permitted to bring ideas to the table. But, yeah. you know, every manager, every leader doesn't feel as comfortable in that role, maybe as I do. You know, I, I'm someone who always wants to come to the table, Connie, with a plan. And I think that's, that's another thing that staff really respect a leader who always seems to have a plan, who can effectively bargain for them, who can, you know, be decisive, who is a problem solver, has technical expertise, but also fair, you know, also fair. And yeah. um, you know, I, that, I, that just I, seems I, to bring people I, to the table, you know? Yeah, and it's funny because I think firm but fair is the key. And at the end of the video that your bank did highlighting my business on your um on your business spotlight forum there, the last question the girls asked me was, is there anything else you want to share? And I said, you know, I don't care who you're dealing with, whether it's it's a client, whether it's an employee, whether it's a superior or someone that reports to you. We have to communicate with respect. And and I said, I think, in the video, I'm not saying go easy on your people. That's, that's not at all what I'm saying. You need to hold people's you know, feet to the fire, certainly, because we are, I think, all of us, no matter what industry we work in, we're measured by our numbers. Behaviors drive those numbers, but of course we're measured by those numbers. So we have to hold people accountable and be firm but fair. And to me, that underlying quarter is that word of respect, which I think you exemplify in your division, your people respond respectfully because you are respectful of them. And and one more thing before we I do a, a quick um, aside, but I, I laugh because you said that people want to have a voice, people want to feel important and, and part of an organization. And I always say, do you really think your employee wakes up and as they're brushing their teeth, they're looking in the mirror and they're saying, ah, oh, how can I go into work and screw up today? I just don't believe, you know, I, don't, I just don't believe people think that. I really think they come in and want to do a good job. And if they're not led or taught or groomed or, or put in a position of growth, then they come in frustrated and they do a bad job because, they lack confidence, and it, it becomes this whole vortex of like whoosh, pulling the the um, the whole energy out of them. It's it's just the whole thing is crazy. Um, I just want to pause here and ask everyone that's listening. I really hope that you're inspired by my guest and and the conversation we're talking about today, as far as those leadership skills. And that's really, I think, what we're, we're talking about. Certainly sales, we're, we're going to get there because I, I want uh, Bernadette to share, share with us her secret sauce of being a successful salesperson for over 30 years. Um, but if you're seeking change in your life, in your sales as, as a leader, as a mentor, as a, a coach, uh, manager, whatever it is, and you feel like you're stuck and the changes aren't happening for you, you have to do something differently. And I think once you understand or, or find clarity or shine a light, I always say that, shine a light on what it is you think you're lacking, 
that's where I can help. This is this is so in my wheelhouse. What Bern and I are, are talking about today. I I live to help people grow and find their voice and find their rhythm and find their stride in life. Um, please, please send me an email at Connie at com. I, I really am here to help. I really do want to help, and I do want to be a, a, a resource for you. I hope that you find inspiration in the topics that we discuss just so that you continually approach your life wherever that may be or or wherever you are in your life and hopefully change that perspective so that change can happen and hopefully the momentum builds for you and that change just becomes a no-brainer. You know, at the core, I always hope the information I share is that start point for you to learn, identify the changes that maybe are needed, and hopefully between Bern and I, we're giving you some framework. That's why I went back and gave you those tips because I, I just think that sometimes it's one thing, that one statement that I say, or in this case that Bern says, and you go, yeah, yeah, that's what I, I need to do the end of the day, guys, you need to challenge your comfort zone with how you think. Um, I, I constantly, I guess, put myself around people who think differently than me. doesn't mean I always agree with them, but I really try to hear and listen to their message because it changes your perspective on life. Um, if you're feeling stuck and you don't know how to move forward and you think you need some help to understand that change that you need to get to that next step level, I really am here. I want to help you. I want to inspire you. I want to guide you. I want to challenge you for sure. I want to challenge your organizations to grow, grow and find the answers um, to begin and maybe even sustain some of the change that you guys have rocking already at your organization. Let's figure out what that, that roadmap looks like. Let's zoom in. Let's zoom out. Let's just figure out what that next step is. Um, you can always call me at 732-888-1420. Go to my website, another great resource. All of my blog connections are there. Again, another free resource. Go to www.whitmanassos.com. And, of course, email me at Connie at Whitman and at WhitmanAssos.com. Let's grow you, your business, and get that change to stick. I, I really, I really sincerely want to help. Um, Burn, tell them, tell them. Am I not sincere when I say I want to help them? Connie, I've been through so many training classes, and I've told you this many times, and I, I tell all of my colleagues here at the bank as well, and colleagues that I know out in the marketplace, that going through one of your trainings, Connie, honestly puts so many things in perspective. They're interactive, they're hands-on, they're realistic. You know, you speak to us realistically. You give us materials to take away that are realistic, that can be, you know, that can be incorporated in your day-to-day work. And, you know, frequently when I've sat through your training classes, I look at my watch and say, oh, goodness, it's over, because I'm so, in, I'm so enlightened by what you've said. But the good news is I can tell people listening on the call I have seen such a change in my staff from before they were in your program. And we did a, we've, we've done a couple of different programs, a couple of different yes. topics, some on yes. time management, uh, some on presentation skills. Then we did some refresher courses. And I can tell you that I frequently will ask my staff, what are you doing with this? How are you doing this? And they will refer back to, Connie told me how to do it like that. That was something Connie had suggested to me. And I, I even see some of the, you know, a lot, you have a lot of leave behind materials, put together some great material for my team. And I still see some of them using some of that material time and time again that you've given them. Um, forms and sheets about time management. I think time management for one of my staff members really changed how she perceived her day here at this organization. She, she would come in and feel overwhelmed by things that needed to be done. Now I see her doing, doing some tasks that you've given her over time. What to prioritize? What can wait till tomorrow? How do I keep my sanity during the day as things pop up that I don't expect? So if you, if you really are looking for training that's different, that's, that's exactly what you're looking for for your team, Connie, you're the person who delivers on that. Your material is all unique. You don't bring out any, you know, common textbook type stuff. You you create a training environment where people really learn. 
I should have made you do the commercial. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth, Connie. It honestly is. I mean, you create an environment where people really find valuable takeaways. And, you know, back to your point, everybody really wants to be a high performer. Everybody Definitely. really does. I mean, you're right. People don't get up in the morning and say, I want to go in and do my worst job today. They want to go in and do their best job. Definitely. So, so you, really have, you really have helped myself and my staff create a framework for that. Yeah, and, and I want to talk about that whole sales. You know, we talked a little bit that in sales we certainly are measured by, by numbers. The reality, and, and I think you've embraced this, is we have to develop skill, we have to develop behaviors, good behaviors, good habits, and, and the numbers certainly come. So with that, what are some of your sales philosophies? And Because I know you and I have a lot of similarities, but I just want everybody to hear, um, especially because you're such a focused, clear leader in how you explained everything so far. What are some of the sales tips that you have in place that motivates your team, that helps them meet really, really, I know your folks, exceed customers' expectations both internally, right, with, with folks who refer to you internally, as well as your, your outside customers? Can, can you just talk a little bit about how that all happens so that you meet those production goals? Oh, there's so much to say about that, Connie. Yeah, I where, know, right? Where do I begin? But, you know, I have, to, I have to speak organizationally. I really think that the organization needs to set the tone of what expectations are for everyone. You know, we have, a, we have an expectation here of commitment you can count on. And you, yes. have to, you have to feel that. You know, you have to embrace it, and you have to really want to live that. And your internal customers and your external customers see that when you really do have a commitment. When somebody, you know, need you to do something and you do it before you walk out the door every night. Those, those are Absolutely. just the things that make it different. And, you know, we're in a, um, you know, I sell a commodity. You know, I, what, I'm, what I'm selling here at Provident Bank can be sold at any bank. So I sell a commodity. And the other caveat is what we sell here is intangible. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You can't yeah. see its value. You know, just by looking at it, you have to, you have to understand the value from the person who's delivering the message to you. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the one of the sales approaches that has always worked best in my career in cash management specifically, and I've been in cash management and merchant services now for over 19 years, I mean 16 specific wow. in cash management, is that we are really just the catalysts of information. You've got to empower your customer to make the final decision. You can't make the decisions for them, Connie. You can evaluate, and you should evaluate their needs based solely on, not solely on what they say, but on what they say and what you see. You know, I'm a firm believer that business owners, entrepreneurs are very good at what they do. So as an expert in this field, we should be equally as good at what we do in explaining to them what their options are. But it's all about options. You know, you've got to empower them to make that final decision, offer them the options, point out some things that may change the way they do business, look for some efficiencies. I have a, we call what we sell in our world kind of a pie chart. We do things that help you collect your money, make your payments, manage your money, and manage your information. But at a very high level, you can look at that sales as, I'm going to see what you're doing today, take a look at it, use my knowledge, my expertise to come back and offer you a presentation of what your options are. And I think options are very important in the sales process. Yeah, and and it's so funny. My whole career, whenever I say, they say, oh, what do you do? And I I never thought to say, oh, I'm a salesperson, right? That never entered my mouth or came out of my mouth, I would say things like, um, oh, you know what, I get to sit with people, you know, when I was selling insurance and doing investments when, when I was a, a investment broker. And, and I would say, you know, I sit with people and I teach them what they need to know so that they can make a good decision for their, you know, short-term goals, for their long-term goals. And my job is to educate and inform so that they make a clear 
and decisive decision and feel confident with that decision that tomorrow is going to be, you know, better financially or whatever, because I've always worked in the financial uh, service industry. And it, it was always for me, and, and I think I've said this in the classes we've had, sales is nothing more than communicating to the client, looking at who they are, where they are, what they have, what they're doing, and making all of that better for them, no matter what you're selling. If you're selling copy machines, you want to look and make their copying more efficient, more clear, uh, their presentations more crisp, whatever it is. So on the financial end, we're always looking to help people have better access, more efficient, save money on their funds and how they're paying for services and all of those things so that when they're through with me, with you, with, with Sarah, with Corinne, with any of your folks, that they, Anthony, they, they are better off than before they met you. It's teaching. It's educating. That's really what we do. So when people, uh, when I, sometimes when I come in and, and an organization is developing, starting a sales culture, I hear, oh, our people are terrified. And I go, well, how have you been presenting it to them? Why would they be terrified to say, all we're going to do is take your customers, I'm going to teach you how to communicate more effectively, whatever that means, depending on the employee's skill development, right? And then providing a better solution than where they are today. Why would anybody be afraid of that? So I, I, I really think what you just said about options, it's, it's all about educating and just making people better than when before they met us. Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful thing that we get to do every day? It is. And, you know, you'll find that it really is, Connie, about relationship building. You totally. Know, working in the financial services industry, it's, it's the expectation that you're a trusted advisor. But, again, nobody's going, to, nobody's going to engage in an intangible service with cost from you if they don't feel some value for themselves and some trust in the process. You know, that there, has to be, there has to be trust in the process that, you know, what you're saying what, and you're going to be able to deliver, you're going to deliver on it. And I totally. think one of the other things that I've really enhanced my staff with as far as being cash management salespeople is that this is a dynamic relationship that you have with people. You don't totally. just talk to them today about product. You call them up in six months. You call them up further down the road. You find out what's going on with their business, and you, and you, and you talk to them about the product mix that might be better for them then than today. Absolutely, because everything changes both within our industry, right, the, the, the financial industry, but things change with their their whatever they're producing or doing or, or whatever their small business is because technology is constantly changing. We have to evolve. We have to remain relevant not only for ourselves but for our customers. That's our responsibility. Let's take one more quick break and then we'll have about a 14 minutes burn. And I want to talk about um, – I want to comment on the telephone follow-up, <clears throat> excuse me, and then I do want to talk about that LinkedIn platform and how you have beautifully leveraged that to get your name, the, the bank's name, out in the marketplace. And then three tips that, in addition to what I've already kind of highlighted, but three tips that you would like to recommend for salespeople or sales managers. Okay, so let's take one more quick break. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried-and-true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back. 
We have another uh, 10, 15 minutes that we're discussing with Bernadette Mako about sales coaching and how to really drive the success of the person, the team, uh, and of course your corporation. I just want to comment, Bern, on, on something you said about the relationship and that telephone. And even beyond the telephone, I know if your folks said to me, Con, how, how should we follow up with you? I am rarely in my office, and when I'm in front of uh, either doing speaking engagements or training or whatever it is, my phone is off. People in with me, they have my undivided attention. I'm not distracted by, by a cell phone. So I always say, oh, email me, and if you need to talk to me, I promise I will always fit you in. I will schedule that into my day via conference call or whatever that is. Um, we need to stay in contact with our clients because things change on their end, but things change on the corporate end, and you want to constantly provide the better, 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 whether it be technology changes in the marketplace, rate changes, whatever it might be. You certainly want to keep your client's position in the most effective path or the, the effective course of action for them. Um, Follow-up, I, I find, I, and I'll share a quick story, and then I want you to share about the LinkedIn platform. I had one client, CEO of all things, this was many years ago, and I sat and I said to him, you know, what, what follow-up system do your folks use? You know, do they use Outlook? Do they have maybe an internal CRM system, whatever it might be? And he looked at me, as so the CEO, and he said, oh, we don't follow up. And I said, well, I'm thinking to myself, clearly he didn't understand my question. So I kind of circled back, rephrased, explained what I was you know, seeking. And he goes, we don't need to follow up. Business comes to us, and we're growing at 10%. And, and at the time, rates were good in the marketplace. So sure, he was, they, they were giving exceptional rates on CDs and, and that kind of dormant money. And I walked out of there thinking, oh, my God, he doesn't realize he needs me. He really, really needs me um, because they're just so missing the boat. So no matter who's listening, no matter what industry, if you're not following up with your customers, value added and effectively not driving them crazy and being a pest, but always that added value, someone else is. Your, your com competitors are. So beware. Follow-up, very important skill. Um, so I just had a comment on that. You do, Connie. You have to stay focused oh, on those right? behaviors that bring you the most sales results. You have to stay Absolutely. focused and committed to those behaviors day over day over day. Over day. It's, it's, you know, almost redundant, but it's best practices. You have to have those best practices that you're living and breathing without thought. That should be happening without thought. Okay, now. The um, cash management LinkedIn platform, which you guys were so cool to videotape me and, and have me be the first um, business spotlight. So I was truly, truly humbled and honored by you guys, you know, doing that or, or asking me to do that. But please share with everyone how we have this technology now, and I don't care what industry you're in, how important it is for us to leverage ourselves using, and LinkedIn is a beautiful platform for businesses, professionals, whatever, okay. right? I will tell you, Connie, I had no social media experience before we engaged in this LinkedIn process. Mm -hmm. And I had contacted uh, my folks in marketing here with a concept. Going back, it's, it's almost two years ago now that the idea really came to the forefront of using LinkedIn as a platform to engage customers, prospects, just business owners in general, mm -hmm. other bankers, other cash mm -hmm. management experts to, to create a forum where we could have a voice to talk about things that were relevant. Yep. It's not a sales platform whatsoever, so I have to take my sales hat off here. But what, what our hope for this forum is, is that we're building a platform where we can have engaged conversation about topics of relevance for business owners. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some for instances are, you know, in the industry, we are privy to so much information that business owners wouldn't be privy to. And what information could we sort through and share with business owners? What do business owners have to say? What do they want to know from cash management experts? 
And this has been the platform for us. We've grown the platform. We launched in August of 2013. Right now we're at about 350 users on the platform. Wow. And two times a week we try to get out there to begin an engaged conversation. Love the business highlight and the business member voices. You were our first business highlight, and we had Patrick Bell from Elon University was our first member story. Just yeah. in, engaging in what's working for other people. You know, my fear of social media was that it would overexpose, you know, that it would make you just overexposed to everything. But what I've found through this forum and for the Provident for Women forum that I've joined also is that it really is an opportunity to bring people together that have the same talents and bring information to people looking for that information from those talented people. So we've been able to engage a group of cash management and banking experts to speak on the forum to business owners. And you know, I, I think that it helps to bring the value proposition and organizational level is what differentiates your cash management from the next group of cash management officers in another bank. And what Absolutely. differentiates ourselves is we want to hear what you want to know, and we want to help engage you in the process of knowing more. Just, just I'll give you just one for instances. You know, you can't open the newspaper today without seeing something about um, cyber fraud and cyber crime, and you know, just what are business owners' greatest fears. And how can they sort through all the information? Where else would you go but to a group of bankers to say, what would you consider to be best practices? Sure. So over the past 18 months or so, we have built a, um, you know, we've built a portfolio of information, Connie, that's out there. I would encourage all of your listeners to please check out the forum. It's the Corporate Cash Management LinkedIn Forum at Provident Bank, and you know, we would encourage more membership, more Q&A out there. What do you want to know from us? We consider ourselves be the experts, so we'd like to bring more information to you. What do you need to know? And really love the business highlights. I just think that that's been very exciting over the past couple of weeks. It's just to hear more about business owners. Um, you know, we'd like to hear what business owners do and be able to identify some common denominators amongst business owners and maybe highlight some of their stories and then create some stories of our own and some um, articles of our own based on that conversation. Yeah, and and it's so true. Sales uh, today, I think you gain respect that you are knowledgeable solution provider, whatever word you want to use. But I think you have to make and and have relevant content out there, you know, free, so that people get the people are businesses get to know you and what is that value added because and I say this all the time you know I don't care who you are what company you are you have vendors that you deal with whether it's someone who's helping you develop your sales culture you have vendors for your computer um your your man your you know uh, CRM your your management systems to communicate with your customers whatever it is why do you choose those vendors? There's something that pushed you to choose them. And I think that we have so much digital presence now so that if someone is looking, let's say, for cash management, you know, you go out to people's website and you guys have this LinkedIn forum which has a wealth of information free, free of charge, that they get to know you before they even pick up the phone to say, hey, can you help me? Because they know you can because you have all of this insightful information that's relevant to all the things that they're questioning. It validates and I think it adds the value before people try us out. And I just think that's so important that people know who we are and, and have respect for us before they even pick up the phone and say, can you help me? Um, they know you can because of everything you're doing within your organization. So, yeah, I hope everybody does check it out. Again, it's just such a great resource. And being on it and sharing and engaging in the conversations are awesome. And I'll tell you, Bern, I always learn something about um, – social media. We have a lot about social media for small businesses. We have a lot about branding for businesses, things I had no idea. And now I'm doing things differently for my website, blogs, blogs, etc. 
based on that insight. So um, it just really is a value-added resource. Beyond banking, guys, don't just think it's all about cash management. There's so many other topics that are discussed on that. Um, so, yeah, I really do hope they, they, they check that out. Again, one more time, tell them how they can find that platform, Burn, please. Sure, it's on LinkedIn, Connie, and it's called the Cash Management LinkedIn Platform Forum, Cash Management Forum at Provident Bank. Okay, awesome. Um, one thing before we have about two and a half minutes, do me a favor and you as a manager, as a teacher, as a leader, of all the things that we talked about, if someone is wants to help their team or help themselves, maybe with self-assessment, et cetera, can you give me three tips that you think good, three top best practices that you utilize? Wow, Connie, three. I know, I know. Me, three. I probably have 33 <laughs> off the top of my head. But I really think that if, you, if you're really looking to develop a high-functioning, high-performing team, they have to have a strong sense of connectedness. Connectedness to each other because it, mm. they become resources for one another. A strong connection to you as their leader, coach, manager, whatever your role in the organization is. And you also have to help them develop a strong connectedness to the organization. They need to feel purpose where they are. They need to feel that, that what they do is visible, recognized, and seen. That, that's, that's kind of number one. Then number two would be you really have to you really have to demand a standard of excellence from people. You've really Definitely. got to ask them to do their best job every day and demand the best job every day. And, and you know, in order to do that, you you really have to give them a smart measurement, something that is attainable, that's realistic, that's time sensitive. You've got to be willing to go back and evaluate the results. Poor performance, mediocre performance, good performance. You've got to sit down and be willing to work through that with the person. You've got to put everything else aside and commit the time to that, Connie. You really have to show them that you're engaged and that you're committed to their success. And Absolutely. as a side note, if, they don't, if, if, if you've done all you can, don't keep banging your head against the wall. Then it's time to take some other type of an action. Um, and, and I think that maybe the last is that I'd like to end with would just be that you've got to show them that you're committed as well. Uh-huh. You know, you, you've, you've, got to, you've got to be the leader. You've got to take charge of the leadership. And you know what? Somebody told me a long time ago, described me as being courageous. And at the time, I didn't really understand the implications of courageous. And I didn't really understand how important it would be for me 20 years later in my career. But I think as a leader, you have to, you have, to have courage. You have to be courageous. You have to be willing to um, learn the organization, learn how your people fit in the organization. And I think that those things demonstrate to your staff that you, know, you really are committed to, to the organization, to your own to your own development and to their development equally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, three, can I tell you three really, um, again, insightful. As always, Bern, always insightful. Uh, just great job. And I can't believe it, but yes, I say this every week, so they must be so oh, sick no. of hearing that. Over? Um, an again, hour, I look right? at my watch and I say, it's over with Connie Whitman. I, w I want to leave you with, with one quote, and this is not my quote, but this is something that I wrote down in a book some time ago when, um, when I was uh, reading her book, and uh, just a qu quote by Sheryl Sandberg, who's the COO of Facebook now, uh -huh. is that leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence and making sure that impact lasts in your absence. Absolutely. Well said. See, everybody, how insightful my friend is? <laughs> And that's why I asked you to be on the show. Oh, okay, Connie, everyone. I can't thank you enough. Uh, what a, you know, Bern, I'm not surprised. We always have such dynamic conversation. I love our time together always, whether um, it's at breakfast or in training or just running into each other in the halls and now on the, on the uh, show. You're just, uh, you, we definitely are kindred spirits. That's, that's for sure. Um, Agreed, I hope Connie. everybody, yes, and I hope everybody took some notes on the strategies that we discussed. 
Um, we talked about incorporating training, communication, presentation skills, questioning skills, listening skills, again, to build skill and raise expectations, how to hold people accountable. We talked a lot about that. Getting your team to buy into the concept of exceeding customers' expectation. And we talked about some sales ideas and plus how to leverage the LinkedIn platform, um, again, to become those experts in your field. I hope that today's uh, conversation will hopefully provide some framework for all of you to go and explore changes that may be needed in your current work life, professional life. And I hope everyone learned or found some thought-provoking tips that can be explored, uh, again, to bring you to the next level of your own personal greatness. You can find Bern if you would like to speak with her um, on LinkedIn. She's Bernadette Mako. That's B-E-R-N-A-D-E-T-T-E, Mako, M-A-C-K-O. So find her, connect with her. Uh, again, tremendous insight. So, Bert, Bern, thanks for taking the time. I know you're ridiculously busy, as we all are. So thank you so much. Connie, thank you again for the opportunity. What I, I, I hope you had some fun. I and did. I hope everyone will join, uh, join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we can all embrace change and realize that change is possible and really easier than we often think. Um, thanks again, Bern, for being my awesome guest. And thank you all for joining me. You have been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a great week, and please do something different. Try to develop a clear plan and begin your path to change by doing something different and committing to that change. Thanks, and have a wonderful, exciting, and happy week. Thanks. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.